This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 443 of the Stable Scoop Show. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsors this week are Horselovers.com, the Fairfield Inn in Lexington, Kentucky, and Uncle Jimmy's Brand Products. Today on the show, we have Angelo Teletine, who's an assistant professor at Delaware Valley College Equine Science, and he's helping Helena with an issue. We're going to be talking about that in a little bit, about girthy horses and how to deal with that issue, which is something that we all deal with at some time or another. And then we also have Bernadette and John Spillane, and they are from Happy Dog Ranch in Colorado. And believe me, you're going to want to hear their story. It is so much fun. And uh, they might have just won a big prize, too. We'll talk about that coming up. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, where weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the stable, it's every week. Bring you the news through hell, hot water While using their tails as their own fly swatters So sit on down and laugh till your poop Cause it's time again for Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop This is Glenda Geek and this is Helena B., and you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Well, I just got back from Ada, Helena. And I did not go to Ada, you and I couldn't even look time. at your posts because you it was killing me. No, it. I couldn't. I was like, I can't do it because it'll just eat me up inside. But you had a good time. It was a productive yeah, couple of days. Yeah, uh, we, we had a good time speaking with our current and potential new sponsors and checking out all the new products. I hope you watched the little video I did with the cutest inventor in the world. I did. Ugh. I did. Wasn't she the cutest thing ever? Cuteness. I'm a sucker for cuteness. And yes, <laughs> she was the cutest inventor ever. How do you attract? You just find them. You, I do. You run into Actually, like she was, uh, I think people now at the show, other vendors know that we look for those kind of stories. And, and somebody brought me over and introduced me to her. They said, you got to come see her. She's cute as a Dickens. So okay. we went over and we did a little Facebook live, which you can see on, I think on the Horses in the Morning page. And I'll share it over on the Stable Scoop page, too. She's 10 years old, and she came up with this product and invented it herself. And apparently her mom said even had to talk to the manufacturers on the phone and uh, help get it made. And she was well-versed in what that product did and what it was. Uh, wow. So, yeah, so that was a lot of fun. She, uh, she was a treat. Uh, and then what, what was really cool about it was she, when I posted the video on Horses in the Morning, our friend Robin from Disney World posted on there that she thought that they were a great product and that they should have them at the Barnes at Disney. Well, I was I was able to tell her that on the air. And and the product is called Tax Saver. You can find it. Just search for Tax Saver and you'll see it. It's it's a it's a tack cleaning glove. Uh, so you put your whole hand in it, and it's a complete tack cleaning, cleaning glove because she hated to get her hands dirty when <laughs> she was cleaning tack, which is yeah. why she invented this. She's 10 years old now. Um, and that's why she invented this is because she hated to get her hands dirty. So she invented this glove, and she cleans her tack with it, and she gave us a little demonstration on the video. It was the cutest thing ever. Uh, it, it's actually been viewed uh, uh 2,500 times and shared 20 times. So, Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so she's becoming very I would like popular. to use it. I, I got like one. It. <laughs> it's not because I don't like to get my hands dirty, but because I don't want my nails to break. Well, that's a good point, too. <laughs> I didn't think about that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really get to have long, girly nails. So, well, and it's you know, true. When you use a tack sponge, you do get covered in goop. I, I, you it's just not can't just, help it. It's not just the sponge. So, like, I, I do like to use actually a little bit of water when I clean my tack, uh, just a little on the leather. And, but then you got the conditioners and, you know, you're getting in there, you're lifting up the, um, the flaps to get into the nooks and crannies. And so really sometimes it's just, your fingers are a little soaked and you got some kind of conditioner or whatever on it. And then you jam a finger into the, like the D ring or something. And there goes your nails. So, 
And my nails always look like I have some kind of serious anxiety disorder. <laughs> It's really just because I'm cleaning my barn every day. But uh, I, I got to give them a plug. If you go to Facebook and just search for Tax Saver, all one word, T-A-C-K Saver, all one word, okay. you'll find her on there. And she's cute as that Dickens. So okay. check that out. Uh, and uh, I'll, I'll share the video over to Stable Scoop as well. Sounds well, good. Well, yeah, so it was a good time. Lots of new products coming to the market, which we'll be highlighting here on the show in the next uh, coming weeks. We have uh, some companies we want to bring to you with all kinds of new stuff on our Tack and Habit segment as we go down the line over the next couple of months. So, And I'm excited to share some of these with you, too. I think you're going to like some of the new stuff. Colors are colors, colors. You know how the last couple of years colors have been a thing? Well, more colors are a thing. Good. Everything like in colors. colors. There are breaches in every color of the rainbow now, uh, and just just everything in colors. <laughs> it's just good. You know how ten years ago it was all just boring. I mean, it, there really weren't colors ten. Years it was ago. it was hunter green, navy, or black, black. or khaki, right, or white, uh, right, <laughs> and that was yeah. it. But not yep. anymore. That's changed a lot. So I'm so happy about that. So we'll be bringing some of that to you here over the next couple of weeks. But first, we you had a you had a training issue. You wanted to get an answer, and you went to the source. Tell us about uh, Angelo. Yeah, um, I didn't. It wasn't necessarily my training issue, but I noticed that when I was taking Grace up for her lessons at the the big barn where we go, there's a lot of horses in the barn, and um, I was sort of there each time a new horse would come in. Uh, you'd say hi. You'd see oh how sweet they are, and you'd watch them. And over time, as more students began to work with these horses, I noticed that they began to get more and more girthy. And even horses that were known to be girthy beforehand, um, they just kind of ratcheted up their aggressiveness while they were being tacked up. So my, my thought was, well, there's a lot of um, uneducated horsemen in this barn, right? It's a lesson program. So not everybody knows how to girth a horse up gently. And, and even if they do, sometimes they don't have the time honestly. And that's, that's just part and parcel of being a lesson horse in a lesson program. We get that. That's part of the reason why we love these horses. But I thought, well, I wonder if there's a way where we can, um, in addition to teaching people how to be a little more gentle when they're girthing their horses, if there's a way that we can teach the horses that it's really not that bad, you know, we're not dragging them over hot coals. It's a snug girth for heaven's sake. So I went online and I found a video on YouTube and it featured Angelo, uh, Angelo Telatin. I'd never heard of him before, but I watched this video of him uh, essentially retraining a horse who is girthy. And I was fascinated by the technique. Well, I went home to my own barn and I used my guinea pig, Brody, who's not exactly girthy, but he can be a little opinionated when we're tacking up. And so I tried Angelo's technique on Brody and it worked like a charm. So then I started to click around Angelo's website a little bit more and I got completely geeked out on the equine behavior modules that he goes into a lot of detail about. So we're going to have Angelo <laughs> explain all of this to you. He is an assistant professor at Delaware Valley College in the equine science and management department. So let's welcome Angelo. Happy to have you here. Uh, happy to be here, too. So I discovered you quite by accident. I was doing a Google search on girthy horses because I'd had a recent experience at a big lesson barn with more than a few girthy horses. And it concerned me because I thought not all of these horses came into the barn girthy. But after several months of being in a pretty rigorous lesson program, uh, many of the horses started to show signs of discomfort and, but, you know, well, discomfort when being girthed, but also um, behaviors that were similar to girthiness, even when they weren't being girthed up. And I found a video that you had done on um, basically reconditioning a horse to, to not be girthy, to not be aggressive physically when they were being girthed up. How was it that you first got into that particular uh, training project or research? Uh, yes. So um, I was probably the luckiest person in the world when I was at school. Uh, I was doing something totally different, but I always loved horses. And I was searching for a thesis 
regarding uh, that was close to the horses. Uh, and obviously, I couldn't find anything because in Italy, there's nothing. Uh, horses are not in, in the university. And um, so I asked to some of my, my, I remember my botanic professor told me, that, hey, there is this um, professor in um, animal psychology that I know that have done thesis on uh, domestic animals. So I go there and lucky enough, his grandpa was a cavalry rider. So he asked me, what do you do? And I said, well, I train horses. And he's like, perfect. Why don't we do a thesis? where you compare the horse training to the psychology of learning. Oh, brilliant. So, yeah. That is so, lucky. <laughs> yes, yes. So I never wanted to graduate. I remember when I was graduating, I'm like, no, I want to keep going. And that's what I did. I kept going. So basically what I've trained my eyes is, it, it, to use some difficult words, is the uh, based on uh, open conditioning, based on reinforcer uh, uh, and punishers, and uh, in simple words, it would be like the famous theory pressure and release and, and rewards uh, scheme. So once you learn the structure, you start watching the horse's behavior, positive or negative, and you start seeing. Uh, I call them the glasses of the of the open conditioning, and you start seeing where the pressures are, where the releases are that we don't normally see, and we see them that they they create. The horses don't do those behavior because they're mean or because they're aggressive or something. Most of the time, there are like hidden that we don't even know pressures that create those. Um, uh, behavior. So then one point I said, what if I reverse all this pressure? Will the horse go back to normal if I reward the good behavior versus the, the bad behaviors? <clears throat> because I know how to structure that one. Uh, the, the complicated term is differential reinforcement. Um, using differential, differential reinforcement. reinforcement? Yes. Okay. And um, so then I start like by joke, by not by joke, by with the students here at Delaware Valley University, where I teach, uh, I teach a class of equine behavior. But half of the time, we're down in the barn, and the kids have to learn to like train horses, new tricks or behavior, or retrain them. And so then I start like training. For example, I have trained a sequence of how to uh, recondition a needle shy and a fly spray shy horses. Actually, I need help. If some of the customer of your um, like people that listen have a needle shy or fly spray shy horses, I I need more case study for my PhD thesis. So I'll be happy if I have multiple horses to go down and do the counter conditioning to solve the problem, and I'll keep the video. Okay. So I have heard of. Um, when, when you have an unwanted behavior in a horse, or actually even when you're trying to teach a horse how to do something positive, um, something called conditioned response training, which is essentially rewarding the good behavior or rewarding the bad behavior. It's a, basically a cause and, and effect relationship. So we've heard also a lot on the Horse Radio Network, uh, our natural horsemanship trainers like to talk about making the unwanted behavior more difficult than the wanted behavior. So if we're talking about horses who are sensitive to being girthed up and they whip their heads around to bite or they gnash their teeth or they kick at their bellies, clearly uh, they're uncomfortable. But how do, we how do we work with the discomfort and then with the changing the behavior because the behavior will often stick around even after yeah. their discomfort's relieved? Right. Correct. So uh, the discomfort trigger the initial uh, behavior. And then the horse learned that with that behavior, um, it's displacing the, the human, the handler. And so I don't totally agree with the fact that you should uh, um, do something that is more, that makes more, um, that create more discomfort to the unwanted behavior because uh, by doing that one, you release the pressure to what the horse is doing wrong. And I'll explain in a second. And therefore, in one second, you still reward the horse for, being, for doing the wrong thing. 
even though then you punish that uh, behavior. It's complicated to explain without videos this or demo with a horse. So in other words, uh, if I, what happens? I, when we girt the horse, we normally pull, put, put the, the, the stopper and then release. So we release the pressure of pulling without paying attention of what the horse is doing in that moment. So if the horses, sometimes they're only surprised and they turn their head and like, hey, what ha what's happening? And then they turn their head and what do we do? We release the pressure of the girth because we hitch it and let it go. So then the next time we go there, the horse is expecting that one, does the same movement, thinking that that's the movement that stops us from pulling the girth. In right. reality, we just stop pulling the girth because we finished the girth. And so we need instead what we do. We ju I just you just keep uh, uh, you put yourself in a place where the horse cannot displace you, uh, and that's the differential reinforcement. So the differential reinforcement work based on extinction and not on punishment. So we start pulling the girth and we just intermittently pull, 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 and we place ourselves in a position where they can't bite us or they can't kick us. So they are not stopping us for keep pulling the girth uh, intermittently. And then as soon as the horse looks forward and put all four legs on the ground, we just stop it. And in, it's amazing. It, in very rapidly, three, four, five repetitions, the horse learned that the still behavior stopped the girth. And that's what they offer you. Okay. So then Makes if we want sense. to change this behavior, then we not only do we have to put ourselves in a place where we're no longer the horse, we can't be a target, but we almost have to, I mean, in your video, as soon as the horse turns around, you know, with a grumpy face towards you, you actually, um, you actually pull the girth even tighter. No, it's not that I pull in tighter. Yes. I keep, I keep, uh, I keep pulling it. Like I keep intermittently pull up, 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 up. I don't stop. Right, not in a painful way. You're not you're not punishing the horse physically. No, 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 you're no, no. you're continuing the yeah. the trigger. Um, yes, I'm continuing the trigger because I'm gonna let him know that the release of that trigger is the face forward behavior. And then once they learn that and that 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 they 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 do. And sometimes you are right. Like once the pain is away, what remains is called conditioned fear. And the conditioned fear, it's not created by pain but it's created by the movement by the moment by the same action that uh, were, were done in the first time so obviously i make sure that i have the right saddle i make sure that there are no muscle uh spasm i may uh, behind under the saddle i make sure that the girth is fine i make sure that uh, that that everything is fine and sometimes even though it's, it's uh, some vet tells me to do this test big question is always is it behavioral or is it physical? So yeah. an, easy, an easy test to do it that some vet always tells me is this one. If you have that, that, that question, um, do a protocol of uh, butte therapy. With the butte, uh, after four days, you shut down all the pain mechanism really quickly. If the horse stopped the behavior that he was doing, that means that it was painful. So then you go really slow. You don't do a, a psychological counter conditioning and you take care of uh, really, then you start spending m way more money. Maybe you do a, even an x-ray to see if they have kissing spine, which is very expensive. Uh, right. But then you know, you know that it's physical. So you keep going towards that direction. Instead, if the horse keeps doing the, exactly the same behavior when you are mostly sure that there's no pain involved, then it, 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 it turned into a behavioral uh, problem. And, and that's when then you start the counter conditioning. That's a really yeah. good idea, by the way. <laughs> I never would have thought that. That's a really no, good idea well, to determine whether the pain is there or not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's process of elimination, right. really. Yeah. But exactly. we, we I, don't I, always I, I, think of the horse's midsection, other than some spinal issues, we don't always think of that as a source of, of pain. We will do it for lameness, you know, we'll do it for some hind end muscle soreness or whatever. But are, are some horses girthy because they have ulcers? Could that be a source of pain? 
I yeah, I I heard about that too. But like I said, if you use the the for just for four days with the butte therapy, theoretically the butte is supposed to alleviate the pain and not the, the um, and not exacerbate uh, uh, the the ulcer because they're only it's only four days. Right. Uh, ulcers normally are normally are exacerbated for longer period of time. So you still have that that. Uh, um, that uh, like small window where you can determine it. Like I said, it could be spine. It could be, uh, then you scope them, uh, you scope them and you see if they have ulcer and then, then you invest money in the physical part because it's, it's very expensive. And sometimes right. like the, like the horse in that picture, it yep. was just a, a very, a very smart horse that had learned that he could move the, the people. Uh, for example, if, uh, <laughs> if, if I was using him as a teacher to teach people how to launch, he wouldn't let anybody launch him unless you were putting yourself in the right spot. If you were putting yourself in the right spot, he knew that he had to work, so he would start launching as a normal horse. If you were in the wrong spot and you were actually hitting him with the whip to go forward, he will at, he would attack the, the launcher, the student. Oh, great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then, then I would take the same student and I would explain them. See, see what you're doing. You're like whipping while he's watching you. So he has. You are not applying pressure to the right forward movement. So he has no choice than come at you because he knows that by doing that one, you stop touching him. And then I would teach the students to move uh, uh, sideways on the forward point of the horse. And then as soon as they were fast enough to step and stay there. He would become like a normal horse. Mm. He was just helping teach the students to do it correctly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. that's right. <laughs> so if we went, if we go back to my initial example of a handful of lesson horses who are really ramping up their workload in a big barn, in a big program that weren't necessarily girthy before they got there, but had developed girthiness because they have a lot of um, maybe undereducated horsemen and women who, you yeah. know, they're, they're, they don't really understand how to girth up slowly and gently. And so through this repeated exposure of ouch, that hurts, they do yeah. develop, it, it, right? It's not Some, only ouch. It's not only ouch that hurts. Sometimes behavior, even fear behavior, like rearing or those things. Uh, psychology, uh, some research has shown that the exaggeration of the behavior doesn't mean that the animal is more fearful or more in pain. It just means that the animal has perfection and behavior that stopped whatever was bothering him. Uh, and, I, and I can prove that one with the fly spray. The fly spray is very innocent. It doesn't hurt the horses. And yet you have horses that when you go close with a fly spray, between rearing, stepping back or doing stupid things. But I can, if I use a counter-conditioning sequence in less than two minutes, um, all the horses that I tested, they're like dropping their heads and letting you put a fly spray because, uh, like I said, they have developed a technique. They have perfection, a very high, uh, impressive uh, technique to stop the handler. But that doesn't mean that they are more fearful. I don't know if that makes sense. It does make sense. It does. So what I'm hearing then is that some of these behaviors can be I'm just wondering if it's if it would be more effective in the case of this lesson barn, if it would be more effective to recondition the behavior than put everybody on butte for a couple of days to see what the yes, problem is. Yes, yes. Uh, and in our school barn, it's the same thing. Most of the time, it's, it's mostly behavioral. Uh, and as a matter of fact, with some of those horses, you just put the saddle on and they start the behavior right away, even, right. even without the pain involved. So the easiest, the easiest things for an educated, uh, for difficult um, barn to teach timing, etc., is uh, without the saddle, you teach a horse, for example, to play with a jolly ball, and then you tuck, you maybe you tuck them up in the stall or where they can, they're close with a jolly ball. So you teach them. I have an exercise. I have a video that uh, they can go on my YouTube. You teach a horse to basically target a jolly ball through positive reinforcement. That's actually a fun exercise. Any horse can do it in five minutes. And then once you start girthing them, if, uh, you, you keep the ball in front and you keep click, 
uh, using maybe the clicker training. And every time that they play with their face on the ball, you click them and then you give them a treat. And then the same times you go forward with the saddling. So the horse uh. learned that the, the saddle process is actually a fun game. And during the saddling, if they keep playing with the ball, treat comes out and, and slowly the, you divert the the from the unwanted behavior to a, it's called an in, incompatible behavior. So instead of rewarding a standstill, which is difficult for a for a new a new a newbie, um, you teach a, a, a visual incompatible behavior, which is playing with the ball. So while they're playing with the ball, they can bite you, and then slowly they learn the saddle means treats, and they'll get comfortable. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So I guess I have to dig out my rusty old clicker because it sounds like that's a pretty invaluable tool for you. It is. It is. I couldn't believe it. And for the people that are skeptical that they think that uh, the horses turn into monster, uh, machine, uh, like cookie monster, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, first, first of all, it's called food delivery. So everybody should uh, do a little research on uh, proper food delivery. So in other words, you don't deliver food if the horse comes into you trying to get the treat because then they become aggressive. Only when they steal, then you give them the food. So they learn that if they steal, they receive food. But that's behind that problem. Um, I found it in my barn. My colleague also warned me, like I say, hey, if you do these things with the kids and then the horse turns into monster, we'll not allow you to do it. Uh, and what happened is that uh, our barn, you walk through our barn, it, it looks like a normal barn. None of the horses bag, none of the horses do stupid things. But as soon as they hear the clicker, they all come to the stall door and they start doing their tricks that they learn, like shaking their head, yes, you know, <laughs> like saying, come here, come here, play with me, come here, play with me. And, and then as soon as the last clicker stopped, Boom. They all the barn goes silent because they know that the game is done. Uh, nobody's gonna go around with treats. Uh, let's go back to our uh, stall routine of sleeping and eating and and doing our business. So, so yes, the clicker is good also for that reason. Once you don't, once they don't hear the bang, they are normal horses. Interesting, Angelo. Tell people where they can find out more about your training philosophy and uh, what what you do. Okay, so I have a website. Uh, which is, I hope it's working. I, last time it wasn't, I need to check. You just remind me to check. Uh, but, uh, which is uh, my name, uh, www.angelotelatin.com. They, or they can put my name on YouTube also, and my YouTube link comes out. And then I do, I do online courses uh, about this, exactly this uh, material with a lot of webinars uh, during the course uh, videos. And I'm tailor-made in a couple of other courses in launching and uh, jumping from, uh, what is it, from zero to hero. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay. And, uh, yeah, so, and I think that the starting is uh, the website scienceofhorsemanship.com. Okay. Well, we'll be sure to post links. So if our listeners can't seem to find this information for some reason, if you go to stablescoop.com, we'll be sure to hot link you over to all of Angelo's material online. And we'll put that, we'll, we'll put that video in there too. Oh, absolutely. That's the one that, that I did it on Brody and it worked in under three minutes. I had, yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Some people, the, the last sentence, some people think that uh, horses are repetitive and you need to do things multiple times to make them uh, learn and repeat. In, in reality, if something doesn't work in, uh, in like in five minutes, that means that you're doing something in the wrong way. Stop, reorganize the whole sequence, and then start again. Oh, good good Great advice. advice. Terrific. Very good advice. Thank you, Angelo. It was a pleasure talking with you. I've learned so much. It was a pleasure of mine. Hello, folks. Uncle Jimmy here, and welcome to the world of Uncle Jimmy brand products, where funny names mean serious products. Featuring Uncle Jimmy Squeezy Buns, the squeezably soft hand treat that your horse will love, the award-winning Uncle Jimmy's Hangin' Balls, Uncle Jimmy's Sugar-Free Ball, the incredible Licky Thing, also in sugar-free, the amazing Uncle Jimmy's Pecker Wrecker, and the Big Licky. The infamous Uncle Jimmy Hangin' Ball was first designed by me for my own horses to help reduce the bad habits which come from stall boredom. It now can be found around the world. This nutritious flavored filled boredom buster will help keep your horses occupied and happy around the clock. Properly hung, 
It will last for weeks, provided you don't let your horse pin it, and Uncle Jimmy knows who you are. The ball comes in four flavors, apple, carrot, peppermint, molasses, and now sugar-free. Once again, welcome to the world of Uncle Jimmy's brand products, where funny names mean serious products, and satisfaction is 100% guaranteed. Well, our next guests are Bernadette and John Spillane, and they are of Happy Dog Ranch out in Colorado. And, it, and I know you remember over the holidays, we were advertising for horse lovers that they were doing their horse and rider makeover sweepstakes, and people could go nominate an organization or a barn that they wanted to win stuff as part of the makeover. Well, this was the first winners, and they worked with Equestrian Nation of RFD TV Network. Uh, and Equestrian Nation's been around for 11 years. And it's one of the leading television series in the country uh, about horses right now. And it, it, super nice guy produces it. His name is Dan. He's the executive producer. Uh, and I met him actually last week here in Ocala. But you, and you can find their TV shows at equestriannation.tv. But horse lovers did this contest where they gave away $10,000 worth of stuff and... Happy Dog Ranch was the first winner, and the TV show is great, and we're going to meet them right now, Bernadette and John Spillane. Well, hi, Bernadette, and hi, John. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having us. We're so happy to be here. Hi, Glenn. Hi, Helena. You guys, congratulations on winning a pile of HorseLovers.com contributed stuff. I saw the TV show, Equestrian Nation, and the big reveal where you came through the door. And it was, uh, it's $10,000 worth of stuff. It's a lot of stuff. That's a happy dog. Yeah, it's a happy dog. Oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That is a happy dog. <laughs> that was one of the best scenes, by the way, in the TV show, was the dog cam. That was pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> I know, there's nothing like rock. And he went right into it. He was like, oh, that's for me. And he went right in and laid down. It was great. He's a big bulldog, right? Any bulldog? Yeah, he's a bulldog. He's an English bulldog. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. It was a great scene, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was perfect. And then we also have Irish wolfhound puppies. And uh, they immediately appropriated that same bed. Of course, they don't fit on it, so only their their small butts. <laughs> but they try it anyway, so it's pretty funny. It's a very I wanna, popular bed. I want to talk to you a little bit about Happy Dog Ranch, but before we do that, uh, you know, we've we're they're making a a movie right now about podcasting, and we're going to be featured in it, the Horse Radio Network. And they came out for three days and filmed here at the studio. Doing they filmed us get this for a half an hour making coffee. We'd make coffee, we'd pour it out. We'd make coffee, we'd pour the steam wasn't right or the the angle wasn't right and and, and we literally did that for I think we used a whole can of coffee in a half an hour. So wasn't that wasn't that way with you guys? Was it a whole day of filming to get that twenty minutes or well, I guess it was about twenty minutes total. Yeah, actually it was a whole day. They came early and um between uh, the big reveal, and then going into the arena to demonstrate some of the products that we received, and then going back in the house to do the interviews. Yeah, it was pretty much a full day. And it was a snowy day here in Colorado, yeah, which was funny because the, the the day before was beautiful, the day after <laughs> was beautiful, the day they're here it was uh, snowy and muddy. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's what everybody thinks of in Colorado, so that was perfect. It okay, was perfect. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they had some nice pictures from when it was nice here, so yeah. it worked out great. Mm. Yeah. No, it was well done. I got to give Equestrian Nation a, a plug here because they did they did such a good job with all of these. I've seen the first two. I haven't seen the third one yet, uh, but they did such a good job with the first two, and it was just so well edited. Oh, absolutely! And then it was Dan's mother who did the voiceover, and I thought her voiceover was just so warm and compassionate. I thought it was beautiful. We we are so thrilled. That that's what they did and gave to us. I mean, that's almost as much as the reveal and all of the the products. And so, for the, for those that yeah. don't know, Dan Wayand is Wayand, right? Is that how you say it? Yeah. Uh, is the executive producer of Equestrian Nation, and it it is the it is the number one television series about horses in the country, basically on wow. RFD. It it's very popular, and it's been around for years, if I remember right. They did uh, great. Oh, and they're good. They are so professional. I mean, they know what they are looking for, and they get in and they they 
they maximize every moment that they have, and I think their product or their their show is just amazing. Well, to remind everybody, the, the regular listeners uh, will know this, but new listeners may not, that uh, Horse Lovers did this this makeover. At, uh, it was called a Horse and Rider Makeover Sweepstakes at Christmas time. We were publicizing it. I know a lot of our listeners went in and nominated people. And then you nominated an organization that you wanted to win, and it turned out to be about $10,000 worth of stuff, thanks to all of the manufacturers that participated in this. Do you know who nominated you? We didn't know. It was anonymous, and we didn't find out until that morning. Who oh, really? Yes. Yeah, so we were totally in the dark. Um, and, and that's why the whole thing was like incredible Christmas everywhere, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> now, did they call and tell you? Did uh, John from Horse Lovers call and tell you, you guys are the winners, we're coming out, we're going to film it? Or how did, how did that work? Uh, we actually got a call first from Dan. Uh, and Dan had said that uh, that that uh, we had won the sweepstakes, and and the funny part about it was was that Bernda thought it was a hoax, so hung up, uh, hung up on. <laughs> I didn't hang up on my family. I didn't call back. <laughs> you sure you're not you know, a New York transplant? Dan called me back and said, John, you know, we're trying to talk to your wife about winning this national sweepstakes, and we really need to talk to her. <laughs> Oh my God, that's funny. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I yes. Yeah, anyway, but nowadays nobody even answers a phone anymore. So I could see why you would <laughs> think it was a hoax because you're. Yeah. we're all taught that they're all hoaxes. So that's all the calls are <laughs> yeah, hoaxers. That's right. Um, tell our listeners for those who don't know what what you guys do at Happy Dog Ranch because I think it's pretty amazing. Give us a little overview of what you do there at the ranch. Well, actually, um, what we do is we rescue horses. Um, and for lots of different reasons, and they're usually referrals. So a veterinarian or a body worker might suggest it or someone who sees a horse in their neighborhood that, you know, they might be put down or um, they have an injury or a behavior problem that means that they're not going to be, again, they're going to just be put down, usually is what the situation is. And then we take them in and we try to rehabilitate them and um, heal them in whatever way we can. And then we use these horses with our other programs. So um, we work with kids with autism and other learning disabilities, um, mental challenges. They're also used with um, psychotherapy work. So that could be life coaching or people going through trauma within their life. And it's so interesting because these same horses that had such a troubled earlier start are the horses that give back to these people, and they're just amazing. Um, and then we also rescue small farm animals. So we have we have goats and we have alpacas and a pig and we have a miniature steer. And it's nice because some of the groups that come out can work with smaller animals if the larger animals like the horses are a little too intimidating. So all the animals that we bring in have some effect on everyone who comes. And and then we offer programs. So uh, Tallgrass Animal Acupressure comes and teaches here. And by working on our horses, they're helping them but they're also teaching people how to get certified in animal acupressure massage. And T-Touch also comes, and that's Tellington Touch. And we have clinicians come who help us with our horsemanship so that hopefully horses with behavior problems, that's a thing of the past, that we can help them and help other people understand horses better and prevent them going to rescues. Well, I don't know if it's because I know a little bit about what you do now or because the energy that your animals have is just emanating out through their photographs. But I'm looking at some of the photos uh, on your GoFundMe page, and I'm looking at a picture of Wilbur the pig. And I can just imagine <laughs> Wilbur having these conversations. I just Is Wilbur a conversationalist? What, what, tell us a little bit about his personality because he looks like he's the kind of pig you'd sit down and have a chat with. He is awesome. Um, he'll walk, he walks, we let him loose. So he walks around to the big pasture where the alpacas are turned out and we have these ducks that wander and the chickens and he goes and greets the horses and the kids have figured out that if you rub him in a certain spot, he'll roll over like a dog <laughs> and then you can rub his belly and he just loves it. And he'll come up to you like snuffling, <laughs> like, come on, pet me. And he's huge now. I was like, how big is he going to get? I think we thought he was a miniature. I, I guess that doesn't exist really. I'm, I don't know. But anyways, he's fairly large, and the kids just love him. So he's, he's less famous. of a conversationalist, a little more of a physically affectionate kind of fella. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he is. 
Well, he looks very this sweet. Is truly like Green Acres. I'm looking at the details that we have 40 horses plus horses. We got two donkeys, six alpacas, one llama, one miniature steer. I didn't even know they made miniature steers, by the way. Three chickens, six ducks, seven goats, one pig, one sheep, two cats, three dogs, and three full-time staff uh, who work a lot, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> 55 volunteers. Oh, my gosh. And that's what was so great about horse lovers because we got we got supplies for the volunteers. And, you know, one of our volunteers, she said every time she's come, her feet have always hurt. And she actually has MS. And she got brand-new Ariat boots. And she said it's the first time that her feet haven't hurt. Oh, that's cool. About three times a week. She's amazing. Wow. And I was like, I mean, being able to give back to the volunteers for everything they do for us was just, it was priceless honestly <sighs> well, i'm know, having to feel good glenn i'm having to feel good over here <laughs> i was just looking here too you you must go through because you are in colorado uh at the uh, by the way at the base of the mountains and it's absolutely beautiful but and i know right where you are you're just south of denver actually south uh west of denver we were by there when we went out visiting last year if i'd have known i'd stop by oh that's so funny yeah yeah, but you guys must we're go right on the uh, south. We're right on the south side of the uh, Chatfield State Park, which is actually the most popular uh, state park in the state. And so we can actually ride into the park, which is uh, which is really nice. We have a lot of room to play in. Uh, in addition to our place here. So it's been great. Well, Jennifer got to ride, my wife got to ride with one of our listeners, took her out just south of there. So I know exactly where where you're at oh. and where she, she just loved riding in there, by the way. Um, oh, yeah. It's just beautiful. But now you guys must spend, I mean, 40-plus horses and stuff, your costs must be out of this world as far as hay and just feed and, and let alone the labor, but just the hay and feed must be out of this world. You know what? It is. <laughs> and, you know, we've been able to kind of um, stick everything together and make it work, but we're really running into a place where we really do need more um, donations. And it's it's so nice, like horse lovers and you guys have given us more of a, uh, you know, more people are aware of who we are and what we do. And we have a GoFundMe site, and we also have our website, which is happydogranch.org. And for people in Colorado, we've got Colorado Gives. And um, every little bit helps because it goes right into the animals. And, um, yeah, it, it it does add up. I don't like to look at that, but it does <laughs> add up. <laughs> and really nice to get support. By the way, none of us that have horses, even if it's not a rescue, like to look at that. So that's just, true. That's just <laughs> true with horse people. <laughs> I, I don't know if you noticed, Helena, but on their GoFundMe page, which you can find, just go to GoFundMe.com slash Happy Dog Ranch if you want to help out. On their page, you, you also provide services to other groups, and I'm looking at some of the groups, and these are not ones, you know, some of these are ones that I didn't even know existed, like the Younger Onset Alzheimer Group. That's something yeah. I didn't even know existed. It's actually, it's actually sad. I mean, the, I think the youngest is like 55, oh, wow. and then goes into the 60s. And other than the Alzheimer's, they're healthy and strong. And it's a really nice program that they come here and they visit the animals. And they make sandwiches that they donate to shelters. So they have these little programs, these like outreach things that they do. Um, yeah, and then sometimes they just come from the Alzheimer's communities, the, the different... Uh, living sites and and they come here to meet the animals and what's really fun is to see them interact with the animals because uh there just does seem to be a special bond there and a special connection and so it seems to really help so you do both ends we hear a lot of the uh, a lot of groups like yours across the country who do kids and you do do kids programs uh and and several of them but it's also cool to see that you're doing you're doing the other end of the scale too we we try honestly we feel like we've been so blessed and that we have kind of unlimited possibilities here, that not everyone wants to be with the animals, but the animals kind of support what they're doing, which is pretty cool. So not everyone wants to ride or pet a horse, but they like seeing them. Mm. And so it allows us a lot more freedom to, to reach out to other groups. So we do work with a group called Hope Help by a Horse, which is a cancer um, group, and then they come out and use the horses and do a program. And um, and then we're, we're doing more outreach with autism and autism's that autism children's families, because sometimes the rest of the family gets left out and it's just about the child. And so, it, but again, because we're close to the park, it, we have that flexibility and it, it's, it's nice. It's nice for us. It's nice for everybody. It's a big community. 
All right. Well, we got to have encourage people to go watch the TV show. Where can where can they see it now? I know it was on RFD before, but if they want to go watch it now, where can they see it? Is it on your website? Do they go to Equestrian Nation? So both places. We 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 actually have um, uh, the the program is on our GoFundMe site. Oh, good. Uh, so if you go to GoFundMe, well, let's just... Yeah, and then also, and also, our website has it, so uh, so they can watch it both places. And, and it's happy dog, happydogranch.org. dot org, or just go to gofundme dot com slash happy dog ranch, all one word, and you'll find it there as well. Well, congratulations on the on winning the pile of stuff from horselovers dot com, and we want to thank horse lovers. I know they put a lot of work into making that yeah. all happen. We They're were also- a wonderful organization. We want to thank all of their companies that actually donated the prizes as well. There are too many for us to list right now. And most of them are sponsors of ours, too. So we really appreciate them being part of it. it they really are making a difference. And, and there were two more episodes of that. Uh, we've seen one so far, and we'll have them on, I'm sure, here in the next uh, month or two. And then the other one will come on TV, I believe, in a couple of weeks. So we'll let everybody know when that's coming out as well. Thanks, guys. Well, thank you. Thank guys. you so much. We sure enjoy talking to you. Same here. Bye bye. Thanks so much. Okay, thank you. Bye bye. Fairfield Inn and Suites North by Marriott Lexington is the ideal hotel for you as they are the closest hotel to the Kentucky Horse Park. They have the most spacious guest rooms and suites in the area, and they're only four miles from downtown Lexington. Fairfield Inn and Suites North offers complimentary breakfast, free Wi-Fi throughout the hotel, free parking, a business center, an indoor swimming pool and jacuzzi, an outdoor patio with grill, laundry facilities, and much more. You get hungry, Cracker Barrel is located right next door, and there are four other dining options available within walking distance for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Of course, Lexington is known for the Kentucky Horse Park, University of Kentucky, Keeneland, and the historical Kentucky Bourbon Trail. Enjoy a terrific hotel experience while you're touring Lexington. There's no denying that the Lexington North Fairfield Inn & Suites is the best value in town and will meet all your hospitality needs. Just Google Fairfield in North Lexington and make your reservations today. Well, I also got to sit at dinner with uh, with the good folks from horselovers.com over the weekend. So we got to hang out a little bit. It was a lot of fun. It's always fun seeing them. And we're looking forward to working with them over the next year as well. I do have other good news. Weatherbeta has signed on as the title sponsor for Radiothon, the third annual Radiothon this year already. So it uh, looks like Radiothon's a go for 2017. And they've also signed on for our Rolex coverage. And and Horseware has signed on for the coverage at Road to the Horse so that we're doing there. So we thank them for their continued support of, of the Horse Radio Network. And we'll be seeing some new sponsors popping in as well. We just were thrilled with how the weekend went all around. We got to see some listeners were there as well. And one lady recognized me. She came up and said, are you Glenn the Geek? I know your voice. And she asked me where the Tack and Habit show was. That's how long she's been listening. Wow. How many years ago was that? Five? Do you? I don't even remember our theme music. Do you? It It was cute. It had to be five years ago. Yeah. Yeah, at least. So those are that are new listeners. Helene and I did a show that was just product driven. Uh, We did it for a little while, maybe a year. And it was, that had to be five years ago. So, So, yeah, this lady listened for a long time. Yeah, that was the Tack and Habit show. It became the Tack and Habit segment of Stable Scoop. Right. That's yeah, right. we had a, we had some because we were the network started growing really fast around that time, and we had to kind of consolidate our content, and then that's how we so we and we know we, we knew we couldn't let go of Tack and Habit because it's like no, Helena, that's, I just, that's like, my reason for being. Much, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, so. I think horse people like product. I mean, obviously, we use a lot of it. We spend enough money on it, right? So. Uh, We love it. We make good use of it. We can't live without it. We like to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. We can't let that go. Well, and you also have do another show. Tell us about that real quick. I do. I do. It's a a lifestyle uh, town and country type of show. It's called that Newport show and it takes place in Newport, Rhode Island, but it's really for everybody. Um, And it's just about love, life and adventure. A couple of old punks who are pretty much, I don't want to say done raising our kids because Grace is 14, but, um, Buck and I like to have, (laughs) no kidding. (laughs) Buck and I like to have fun 
out of the tack as much as we like to have fun in the tack. So this is just our a, a log of our adventures. And it's called That Newport Show. You can find it at thatnewportshow.com or any of your podcast players. Just search for That Newport Show. And, of course, for details on today's Stable Scoop show, go to stablescoop.com. We'll put links and we'll put the video in there that we were talking about also with Happy Dog Ranch and the video that uh, that Angelo did on t- teaching the girthy horse. We'll put all and of that in our show notes. Don't uh, forget. Don't forget. This is, you know, our listeners need to be reminded of this because yes. this is an important one. Yes. Um, there's an HRN app. Yes. And it works, right, on your iPhone or your Android. It's super easy to use. You just search for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free. And honestly, you will never be bored again because all of your favorite shows will be right there on your phone. You never have to go looking around for the latest episode. It's just so easy. We had 110 people download the app last week. Love it. And 50 of those people were from China. So if you're listening to us in China, we want to hear from you. Drop me an email at glenn at horseradionetwork.com, and we want to get you on because we've never had anybody on the show from China. Uh, now, it would help if you speak English, but then if you're listening to this, you probably do anyway. So <laughs> You sure it wasn't a scam, Glenn? What, you sure it's not know. like... It's a ton of... Chi- and I even asked our app developer, why all of a sudden are we getting all these Chinese downloads? And he said, he said usually scammers don't download apps. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, it's not something they do other things, but they don't usually yeah. download apps. That's not what they do as part of a scam. So, so. we must have been advertised on some like Chinese yes, equestrian network or I, something. That's what I figure because it's been hundreds of downloads o- over the last six weeks. Do you do you get Google alerts for Horse Radio Network? You uh, should do yes, that. I do, but oh. I didn't see anything. Okay, now, there's nothing that jumped out at me. So. Uh, we want to hear from you. We want to hear from you. Yeah. We want to have you on the show. We want to talk to you. We want to find out what you do with your horses over there. So, yeah. Or any other country, for that matter. We love talking to people from other countries. We so, do. We do. We do love our friends in other countries. So let us know. Drop us an email. If you like the show, drop it to Glenn at HorseRadioNetwork.com. If you don't like it, Helena at HorseRadioNetwork.com. <laughs> I can take constructive criticism. (laughs) Let's get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) We will be back next week. Until then, everyone, happy scooping. (laughs) 